Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamic Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind of being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. How's everybody doing? TGIF, TGIF, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. I'm tired. I'm tired. I went to bed at one something this morning because I started spinning late and somebody sent me a st- look. Let me let me give you the story because I want you to hear this story. Why don't you guys see we're serious about this stuff? My brother-in-law called me yesterday and he said, Egberto, did you see that report on MSN on NBC? It is true. It is true what you're saying about Medicare Advantage. And to which I said, um, you mean uh, you didn't believe me? Uh, why didn't you believe what I was saying? And he's like, well, you know, anyway, uh, uh, that story on, on NBC, oh man, Medicare Advantage is really bad. And so I, I, I just thought about it. And I, you know, after he said that, I went ahead and I continued doing my thing. But I told him, make sure and let your friends know about that. But then, you know, I kept on thinking. And then later on, I got a couple more emails. Email said, this was from one of the guys that always uh, liked Medicare Advantage because it has worked well for him so far. Because he really hadn't had to use it uh, for anything extensive. And he called shocked as well to point out the program to me. So I said, great. I'm glad that msnbc did the story it's important we should give them kudos for it but madre mia please tell me why is it that this story didn't come out until after the closing period this story did not come out until after it was over with think about it it didn't come out until after the case. So you know what I did? I stayed up last night and I said, I got to cover this story for my peeps. I got to let my peeps hear the story uh, one more time and also use that people's concern about it needed to be addressed. So that's what I'm going to do today. But beforehand, I'd like to welcome all of my peeps. Welcome aboard E2247. Welcome aboard Erica Hayes. Welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else am I missing. Uh, uh, AVQ, Michael Rudnin, E2247, welcome aboard. Event Avery Herod, thank you guys for being here. I tell you what, we're going to go ahead and get started with the NVC piece that I did last night with the crocodiles in my eyes as I was getting ready to go and spin. Welcome aboard, Lee Grant. And as, as you know, when I'm spinning, I've started watching a new series, World War II. But that we'll talk about that a little later. But anyhow, let's go ahead and play the Medicare Advantage story. And then we'll take it on the other side. Let's do that right now. All of you who follow uh, Politics Done Right or have been subscribing to Politics Done Right for a long time now know that one of my pet peeves is Medicare for all. And in that light, we talk about Medicare, Medicare Advantage, and all these other permutations thereof. <clears throat> Medicare Advantage, I have been calling it a scam for several years now because it is a scam. It is nothing more 
than private insurance that the government pays for for people over 65 years. Government uh, uh, insurance companies never wanted to insure people at the age of 65 and older because they cost more. And they didn't want the risk of working with people that generally get sicker. So it was the government took responsibility and created Medicare, who's been doing a very good job for a long time. It needs a lot of improvement, meaning we need to make it 100 percent coverage. We need to make it take care of dental. We need to make it take care of ears. We need to make it take care of eyes. But it's being stopped by by politicians paid for by the insurance industries and others so that they will be able to use those features as selling points. Well, in as much as they do that, what they haven't done is serve the people as they should. Again, their Medicare Advantage could never, ever be better than standard Medicare. It's simply math. It's simply math for those people who are benefiting right now from Medicare Advantage. Remember, you are doing it at the expense of so many others that aren't getting the services they deserve, required, paid for, earned. And that means most people on Medicare Advantage ultimately will get shortchanged. And it is hard to get this concept across because too many people have the false belief that if something is in the private sector, somehow it is more efficient than being in the public sector, meaning that either government or some governmental nonprofit provides that service. It's not true. Math tells you it's impossible. And the reason it is impossible is whereas the government in administering Medicare does not have to pay for uh, for for profits, shareholder uh, dividends, doesn't have to pay for databases, advertising, etc. Because all those costs are not there, it means that if the government provides the same service being offered by these supposedly Medicare Advantage companies, math would tell you it is impossible for Medicare Advantage to be more efficient than what the government Medicare can provide. Now, I was very happy to see. I think we should give NBC kudos for this report. I, 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 I made snippets of the reports that are pertinent, that I want you to listen to, and then we'll take it on the other side. Medicare Advantage, those Medicare-approved plans offered by private companies. Millions use them, but we found they routinely reject claims for necessary care. It's devastating hospitals in rural America. This was once the geriatric psychiatry unit at Alliance Healthcare in Holly Springs, Mississippi. Beds sitting empty. This operating room only a few years ago was doing five or six procedures a day. Now, zero. Dr. Kenneth Williams is the CEO. He says the hospital can no longer afford the unit or any inpatient care for that matter. It's empty. It, it died the last few years with Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is a private alternative to traditional Medicare pitched by celebrity spokesmen like Joe Namath. Medicare Advantage plans have added new benefits. 31 million people are on the plans, which are often cheaper than Medicare supplements and promise better benefits and lower premiums. 
But the CEOs of rural hospital systems in six states tell NBC News Medicare Advantage routinely denies reimbursements for necessary care. 2006, we went from being well in the black to losing $1.7 million. Overnight. Overnight. Medicare Advantage. And nothing changed other than that. One government report found the top advantage plans denied payment for nearly one in five claims that met Medicare rules. Your fight is not just to take care of patients anymore. Your fight is becoming more to get paid from the insurance company. How dire is the situation when it comes to rural hospitals? More than 300 hospitals that are at immediate risk of closure and another 300 that could be at risk of closing in the next six to seven years. When Rose Stone retired, she signed up for a Medicare Advantage plan. Rose, how long have you been coming to Dr. Williams Clinic for? Uh, 20 plus years. And did you think if you signed up for Medicare Advantage, you'd be able to continue to do that? At first, I did. She was later surprised to learn the plan didn't cover her visits. Faced with paying out of pocket, she made a difficult choice. I had to stop coming to Williams Clinic. Rose has since gotten rid of her Advantage plan and is seeing Dr. Williams again. <laughs> you felt like you were taking advantage of it. I know I was. Again, NBC, thank you for putting this report out. I tell you why. Uh, what brought me. I didn't see the report initially, but my brother-in-law called me up and said, Egberto, I just saw this report on Medicare Advantage. I didn't believe what you were saying. When you were saying it, I'm like, you didn't believe what I was saying. And now that NBC puts it on, you believe it now. But I pause. I then get another email from a good friend of this show that told me, hey, I just saw what NBC had to say about Medicare Advantage. And so that's the report that you just listen to. Now, here's the hurtful part. All these network TV stations, radio, TV, print ads, all of them, they have been playing these Medicare Advantage commercials ads at nauseum. They have been playing them over and over and over again. Why didn't this report come out before? This report wasn't just made between the dates of uh, of December 7th and 14th. It would have been a lot more effective if this report came out before December 7th, which is the last day that folks could sign up this year for Medicare Advantage. So a lot of people who would have seen this report by NBC prior to December 7th, think about how they feel on December 14th when that report was aired about the dangers of Medicare Advantage. After having seen all these ads, expensive ads for Medicare Advantage, minute after minute after minute. Folks, one of the reasons independent media is so important is because we are not limited by those who advertise on our network. 
Look, I, 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 first of all, I give utter kudos to NVC for having the courage to put this report on at all. But imagine how much more effective it would have been if it was done prior to the expiration of when you had to choose Medicare Advantage or not. Especially since on your own channels, all these ads and commercials for Medicare Advantage were in full display. Folks, support independent media because that is where you are going to get the unadulterated, unbiased truth. Of course, if it is in the nature of folks wanting to do you right. And that is the case, folks. That is the case. We have to support those. You know, Michael said something. He says, Egberto, that feeling of not being believed on a political issue happens all the time, as if your extensive expertise is irrelevant. Feeling it now. And, you know, I, I just replied to Brother Rudnan and I said, you know, uh, the thing about it is what irks you the most? It's not, it's, not on a, it's not a personal thing. It's not like, oh, I feel so bad that you don't believe me. What I feel bad about is you believe the people who are screwing you. You believe the people who don't have your interest at hand. You believe the people who are trying to take your well-being, take your income, take your wealth. And it's like sometimes you want to pull the hair out of your head that you don't have. Then you sit back and remember how to talk to your, you know what, brothers and sisters, right? So, uh, so it, it, it is extremely important that we get that information. Keep, keep, keep with it. Because, again, if, if I let that bother me, I would, I, I would just stick around with folks who agree with me. The idea is to try to prove. And, you know, I, I, I didn't have the time, but there was one woman who called in whose husband got terminal cancer. And she had a story to tell. It was a very unbiased story to tell that I think uh, I, I, I didn't get it cut in time for the show today, but I'll probably play it on the show on Monday or, or yeah, likely on, on Monday, what she had to say when she called into KPFT this morning. Anyhow, how's everybody else doing? Let's see. Melanie Keelan is in the house. She went to a Christmas party and she still had the time to check in with politics done right. Do I feel loved? You bet you. Or in Texan parlance, you betcha. You betcha. Thank you for being here, beautiful. I appreciate you, even at your party, spending some time here with Politics and Right. She's at a party in Barcelona, Spain, and she's with us today as well. Muchísima gracias, corazón. Muchísima gracias, corazón. Por eso... Tú eres mi hermana. Tú eres mi hermana. Y una de mis hermanas favoritas. All right. Carl Cox says, Netanyahu, like Trump, is crooked uh, fascist. Uh, Eric Hayes calls her jet set, and she lives in Barcelona, Spain now. And Melissa Bowie is with us in the house. Welcome aboard, Melissa. How are you doing? Beautiful. All right. May Wood says, perhaps because Medicare Advantage is really a scam, and because a fully funded Medicare with full benefits for everyone would be so much cheaper and work for so much better. You know, we're, we're giving Israel a lot of money right now. You know what Israel has? A good universal health care. 
but they they do it a bit differently. They have four HMOs that has to follow strict rules, and everybody has to be a part of one of those four HMOs. Everybody covered. And guess what? It costs them 62%. I mean, it's it's 62% of what everybody else in the world pays. So it's a hell of a lot cheaper. Their cost of healthcare, even though they have an aging population. You know, I just looked it up here. I don't, uh, for the heck of it, I was going through numbers and I'm like, we're sending a lot of money to Israel. Imagine if we did some of this stuff here. Uh, Eric says, uh, Eric Hayes says, Egberto, we are giving everybody except Americans money. That is government at work for you. Well, you know, you're not going to hear me complain about that too much, Eric, you know. I'm not going to complain too much about that. Mike C. Sex says, Medicare itself is a scam. 100 million people pay into it and never get any service back from it. All right. Uh, I want you, Mike Cisak, to go ahead and look up the word insurance. Insurance doesn't mean I buy insurance so that I get paid from insurance at, at all costs. Insurance is more of a bet. I am betting that I'm going to get sick. The insurance company is betting that I'm going to get healthy. Uh, the insurance company is, is betting that it won't have to pay me back more than everybody else paid in. That's what insurance is. And, and I, I really hated the way people uh, do with insurance where they like, oh, uh, I paid in. I, I, I want to pick and choose things. I want to pick abortion. I want to pick this. I want to pick that in insurance. And I mean, it makes no sense. Insurance is just that. Insurance. If I get sick, I won't lose my pelotas. Okay? That's what insurance is. But we have so misled Americans. We have so disinformed Americans. We have so dummified Americans that we don't even know the things that we're buying and how they actually function. Sad. Anyhow, let's get uh, back to Israel. You know, um, there is a piece that I divided into three pieces that we had with um, uh, 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 Mehdi Hassan uh, was on, on What's Her Name show. And I really love the way he covered it, the way they covered uh, the genocide that's occurring in Israel. So on the first section of the, uh, of the interview, you'll see what he has to say. First of all, you see the utter destruction, the utter massacre in Gaza and what Mehdi Hassan has to say about it. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. According to one U.N. official, since the start of the Israel-Hamas war, life inside Gaza has become a living hell. Gaza health officials say more than 18,700 Palestinians have been killed, 70 percent of them women and children. Shelters have been flooded by winter rains. People have resorted to drinking contaminated water. Aid agencies describe children and families roaming the streets, unable to find food and with nowhere to go. 
After nearly 10 weeks of fighting, the sheer scale of death and suffering in Gaza has finally begun shifting the American approach to Israel and its offensive. This was President Biden speaking to reporters today. I want them to be focused on how to save civilian lives, not stop going after Hamas, but be more careful. Privately, Biden is reportedly more pointed. On Tuesday, the president told supporters at a closed-door fundraiser that the indiscriminate bombing in Gaza was beginning to cost Israel support around the world. And today, NBC reports that the White House has told the Israeli government that it wants Israel to end its large-scale ground campaign in Gaza and transition to a more targeted phase of its war against Hamas. Joining me now is my MSNBC colleague, Mehdi Hassan. Mehdi, thank you so much for being here. Um, first, I, I wonder what you make of the, the sort of slight discrepancy, but a meaningful one nonetheless, between what Biden is saying publicly and what he's saying privately and whether sort of the reasoning behind that and the shift in general, what you make of it. It's a great question. And I think no one quite knows what's going on. I suspect a lot of people around Biden are wondering what's going on because he's been front and center when it comes to the strategy on Israel. This is not something he's outsourced from the very beginning of this conflict. He was kind of scribbling his own uh, notes into speeches. He was saying his own things. We know he has a propensity sometimes to gaff. Uh, but what he said at the fundraiser a couple of days ago is fascinating because on the one hand, he says, uh, Israel's losing support internationally because it's killing so many civilians. He says they're doing indiscriminate bombing, which, by the way, is an admission by the U.S. president that Israel is committing war crimes. That's what indiscriminate bombing is under international humanitarian law. It's a big thing for the president to say. But in those same remarks, Alex, he says, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to protect Israel. That's what we're going to do, uh, no matter what else happens. So there is this real uh, disconnect, not just between, as you point out, what he's saying publicly and privately, but between his words and his actions, because it doesn't matter how critical he gets of Israel. Ultimately, they're getting the weapons they need from us. At the weekend, he bypassed Congress to expedite the sale of tank shells, almost, I believe, 14,000 tank shells. When Donald Trump did that uh, during the Yemen war to Saudi Arabia and bypassed Congress, Democrats Democrats were up in arms. Uh, this time round, I wish we could see more people saying, hold on, let's have Congress scrutinize this stuff. Let's have the State Department scrutinize whether American weapons are being used in alleged war crimes, because that's against American law, Alex. We spend a lot of time Yes, that is against American law for, for us to be, for them to be using our weapons to execute uh, massacres to execute war crimes, it is a crime. Uh, and I, t I, I tell you, it is important for us to understand what uh, Mehdi Hassan is saying there. Uh, El Señor Biden is really showing a level of weakness next to a country that is utterly dependent on not only our support, but our goodwill. The fact of the matter is we don't want to be complicit in the murder of innocent civilians. We don't want to be complicit in the murder of innocent civilians. I tell you guys, I would like all of you to watch uh, the World War II series on Netflix. It's new, and I think it's in the top five or something like that. You can you you get you get an understanding sometimes of why we tolerate what we tolerate. Anyhow, I'm going to go to the next video in a minute, but let me read some of your messages here. Michael Rodden says 
Netanyahu would blow up a refugee camp in order to bomb a Hamas terrorist hiding among them. Oh, yeah, that's a war crime, all right. Biden's trying to stop that. Is using such a soft touch in order to maintain relationships. There is no relation. Look, and that is where I, that's what I call weakness. Netanyahu showed what he's made up of when dealing with Clinton, when dealing with Obama, and now when dealing with, uh, with, with President uh, Biden. It is time for us to understand that Netanyahu is not afraid and every opportunity he will use to ridicule you, he will do it and then he, they'll pay APAC to come out against you. But what we need to do as a country is neuter APAC so that we can actually ex- execute the policies that are best for the United States of America. Because right now, the policies that we are executing in Israel is horrendous for every one of you who are going to be flying over the holidays. Beware. For every one of you who are going to be going overseas, beware. For every one of you who are going to be going on cruise ships, beware. What am I saying? Do I know something? Hell no. But what I do know is when you have asymmetric warfare, what you get is blowback. You get blowback. And why should we be getting blowback to save Netanyahu's butt? who's a criminal that even his country wants to throw him in jail or a lot in his country. That is, uh, let's see. But he says the U S and all of our presidents have always sided with Israel. It is our only strategic area in the middle East. But you know what is so interesting is we don't have to do that. Whoever took to call, um, we could, well, I'm not going to go into that because that's going to create a whole new discussion. But there's no, well, I'm not going to go into that because that'll be a whole new discussion. Anyway, uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Michael says Netanyahu would, I got. I read that one already. Uh, used to be only Michael, it has changed, but they are still the biggest ally. Yes, they are the biggest ally. Okay, this other one here is about the complicity in war crimes. Let's go ahead and play this strip here and then we'll take it on the other side. When you talk about the the sort of ongoing uh, campaign in Gaza, for lack of a better term, um, the war, uh, the in some the war crimes, potentially, I I wonder, (laughs) I I do wonder if you you can make sense of the, the fact that Biden is saying publicly, the White House is saying, we want this all to end in three weeks at the end of the war. And then Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, the Israeli defense minister. Yes. Now, this is before we, we laid out that timeline America did. He said the war against Hamas would last more than several months. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it feels as if there is a, a sort of, if not a direct tit for tat, uh, a, a back and forth here that is not indicative of an Israel that is necessarily listening to America's prescriptions. Do you think that is just sort of Israel paving its own path? Or do you think that there is some actual currency to be gained in going up against a Democratic president who's up for re-election in 2024? 
Oh, very much so. And Benjamin Netanyahu's own political future is in trouble. He's deeply unpopular in Israel because of the massive security and intelligence failure on his watch. Uh, this is the guy who can say to his hard right constituency, I'm the guy who's standing up to Biden. I'm the guy who's preventing a two state solution, which the Israeli government is. Um, so he can do that for domestic consumption. Yov Gallant can say, look, we need more months to, uh, you know, defeat Hamas, which they haven't done yet, but they've killed a lot of innocent people in the process. The problem then becomes, is the US government willing to do anything about it in a game of chicken when Benjamin Netanyahu is Joe Biden, who keeps telling people, he said at this fundraiser, I disagree with Bibi, but I love the man. He keeps saying, I love the guy. Well, this guy could cost you your presidency, Mr. President. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? Because people think the American president, well, you know, Israel will do its own thing. Let's be real, Alex. The American president, Joe Biden, could end this war, which, as you pointed out, has killed, you know, 18,000 people, uh, more than 7,000 kids. He could end that war with a single phone call. We know this because he's done it before. In 2021, when Israel was bombing Gaza, uh, last time around, May 2021, according to Franklin Furr in his biography of Biden, the president rang Netanyahu and said, we're out of runway. You got to end this. And he did. Ronald Reagan in 1982 famously rang the Israelis, said, I'm watching a Holocaust on my screens. You've got to stop this. In 20 minutes, the Israelis stopped bombing Beirut. And Reagan said, I didn't realize I had that power. So American presidents do have this power. The American government does have the power. The question is, is it willing to use it? Of course, of course they have the power. And they should use that power, assuming that they are not themselves wanted to liquidate the Palestinians, right? I mean, we should, we, we don't sit down and I'm asking him to kill less people. And as you're asking him to kill less people, more people are dying, more people are dying, more people are dying. As you're like, oh, Netanyahu, please stop killing people. Well, let me think about it. And as you guys are going back and forth, while you guys have the privilege to go back and forth, Palestinians are dying, not only of bombs, not only of gun shells, not only of tank shells, but of disease because you've also uh, starved them. You've also put them under high conditions of thirst and all of that. It is shameful what we're doing. It is correct, uh, uh, completely shameful. I have one more very short video with Netanyahu that I, I want to play. But before that, I want to make a correction to Mike Cisak. And I am addressing this because it is something that a lot of folks on the right use often. It's one of the biggest lies. Uh, anybody who uses it shows their either their, their lack of math acumen or their willful choice of being misled. Let, let's, let's read what Mike Cisek wrote here. He said, I, I, want, I want you to understand what it means. He says, uh, I am not, uh, word, I, want to, I want to make sure and read it correctly. I want to read it correctly. Because if I don't, if, if, if I need to read it correctly so that you guys completely understand what is going on here. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. I'm looking for CSEC's comment. Uh, bear with me. I'm looking for that comment because I want to handle it. He said, Maywood, no, I'm talking about young people who are paying for current old people using the system. That call, that's called a pyramid scheme, usually illegal. So is the social security system. I don't know if he believes that if he's just repeating that or what? what i want you guys to look at the shape of a pyramid right 
the shape of a pyramid and you tell me if this is, a, is really a pyramid, okay? Uh, in a, a pyramid dies under its own weight because you run out of people, all right? Here is how Medicare, Social Security, and all these things work. Social Security, there are several people that will be paying your working years, the amount of years that you are going to be, in the aggregate that is, the amount of years that you are going to be working in the aggregate covers several decades. So that's a hell of a lot of people covering all those decades. At the latter point of your years, the last 10 years of your life, the last 20 years of your life, you go on to Social Security. So you have this big mass of people here servicing this small number of people. We got a little pain, we got a little problem during the baby boom because right after World War II, we had a massive increase in a particular generation. A particular generation comparatively got a massive increase in people. What that meant is a smaller number of people were there to service that, that generation. But there are still more people in the other generations that are still paying Social Security than those people in the baby boom generation, just less. What was done to fix this problem is if you remember that locked box that Al Gore always used to talk about or the, the trust fund, right? You only really need a trust fund to accumulate the difference that you're going to have from the cash flow plus whatever shortage occurs in that cash flow to cover your ongoing servicing of that debt. And that's where we are. That is where we are. As soon as the baby boom, this degeneration dies out and we hit that steady state condition again, uh, we will be in that place where that where, where we're in the in the perfect transfer of collecting Social Security here from a big mass of people and paying it out from a, in, to a smaller mass of people. The baby boomers was an inconsistency within the system in the case of. Uh, Medicare, all income is based on Medicare. I mean, all income is taxed for Medicare. And what we do, there we go. Uh, let me go ahead and put that that on the screen for for you guys. Thank you very much uh, for that, uh, Michael Rudman. Let's go ahead and get that on the screen. From, uh, from pyramid to pillar, a century of change. Uh, there, you, there you go. If you take a look at what happens there is... Uh, that 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 shows perfectly uh, what's going on and what needs to be fixed. Okay, that that is saying it perfectly. Anyhow, 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 and as you can see, you can see the baby boom generation. I think what they're showing there right now is the birth rates in the United States falling. I haven't read it here, right? But here's something that we have to take a look at. The fallen birth rate in the United States. If anybody wants to know why immigration is important in America, just look at that picture. All right? Just look at that picture. First thing, people are living longer. You take a look at that picture. People are living longer. And secondly, uh, we need to sort of 
increase the base. Now, remember, though, if you take a look at that drawing that Rudnin has on the screen, you still have the majority of time, the majority of people are well below that retirement age. And that is what we're talking about. Anyway, so I hope I've sufficiently educated you, my dear Mr. CSAC, so that you won't use a talking point that makes anyone who uses it kind of silly. Okay, it makes you look kind of silly. So don't use it, man. Don't use it. Although it's all, it only makes sense in the right-wing echo chamber. All right, Paul Fleming says, America's biggest credit union uh, denied mortgages to more than half of its black population in 2022. White applicants earned less than 62,000 were more likely to get a mortgage than black applicants earning more than $140,000. This is what systemic racism look like. And I mean, that doesn't only covers, I mean, it, it, it goes with, with, um, it goes also with loans. If you, if you go out, if you, if you carry, send two people to get a car, uh, uh, to buy a car, same credentials, same income, all of that together. And you go into a dealership. And these, these are experiments that have been done over and over again. You're going to see that the, the person of color walks out with a higher interest rate than the person that's th th than the white person uh, this stuff have been we've been, we've tested this over and over and over again and it's constant the same goes with selling one's house you you can lose hundreds of thousands of dollars in your house if the person one if the person who's selling your house uh knows you're black and they they they're white and these are these are things that things that have been proven. Or if you are selling your house and you have pictures in your house that, you know, that has that shows your family or if your family is is black or whatever and shows or, or Latino or whatever, your your house actually in the aggregate sells for less. So the, the thing that people do now is when they're selling their homes, they take out everything that has that gives anybody the idea that the house is being sold by, I mean, that the house belonged to anybody ethnic. Okay. That is what, that's what's being done now. And when you go buy a car or whatever, when it comes to me buying a car, uh, this is my approach. I would go in for the car and before I, I, I want to make sure that the guy doesn't have to bite his tongue or whatever. So I would, I, the, the times that I've gone in there, I would go into the loan and I'll sit down with the loan officer. And I'd say before you give me any offers whatsoever, I do not want the black price. I want the white price. And they will turn red like a cherry and, 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 and go crazy. And then I'll say, and I'll look into it. I will validate it. Thank you. And I'll be very nice. And I'll be very nice about it and casual, etc. And, and many times it actually does very well. They make sure that a, a lot of times I've gotten the absolute lowest uh, rates whatsoever. Uh, the same thing occurred uh, recently. I think I told all of you that my house needed, um, needed repairs because of the foundation. And I did the same thing. And I got, I, to put it bluntly, I was shocked at the interest rate that I got. Okay. But it's a matter of saying, and I used, I, 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 I let folks know that I would expose it and I'll make it a national story. 
I don't even give them a chance to, to give me a first bad offer because it's harder to allow them to first give you a bad offer and then you have to fight it than to let them know that you know about the black, the black premium or the Latino premium or the person of color premium. I give another example. One of, uh, when I was doing the, um, the things for my home, I, I was thinking about getting solar cells for my home because I, my electric bill is ridiculous. And if I could get it to, if I could do better than break even, in other words, I, there are all these people offering you to get solar panels and it costs you nothing, right? But it, it always costs you something because there's interest rates and all of that. I asked a friend, one of our friends here on, on this stuff who got solar panels, I asked him uh, what, he, you know, what he paid for as well. And I asked him to recommend uh, the people that he was going to, that he used. And the people he recommended, they, the, the people that gave him that great offer, they came to my house and they gave an offer that made that 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 I can tell you they must have thought I was the dumbest idiot on the planet i I summarily sent them away, but it just showed you that they gave him a great price and a per panel and 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 gave me same same vicinity gave me a ridiculous price and they actually I, I, it was such a ridiculous price. That when I rejected it, they first came back with a 40% drop in the cost. Is it about 38, somewhere around there? So I, I just want to let you guys know that's real. Bridge MCP says, Egberto Willis, from 2018 to 2019, how has Social Security gone from being such a successful program to an outright mess? One postulation is that the federal government is to blame. You see, the Social Security program has accrued close to $2.9 trillion in net cash surpluses since its inception, with nearly all of this amount being generated over the past 35 years. Put another way, the program has collected more money than it expended for every year since 1983. Where is the money? That's the big point of the contention. By law, these net cash surpluses are required to be invested in special issue government bonds and lesser extent certificate of indebtedness. In return, the federal government can, gets access to $2.9 trillion in borrowing capacity that it can use to for uh, to normal items on its budget. In other words, Social Security Trust has 2.9 million in asset reserves, but not a red cent in cash in the vault, so to speak. Well, that is what uh, that is what uh, that is what um, Al Gore was talking about. That is what Al Gore was talking about. This lockdown, and, and by the way, the IOUs are there. Social Security is solvent. Don't let anybody fool you. We just spend them as 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 we collect the money. The government borrows it from Social Security and spends it. All they need to do is pay it back. Right. That's all they need to do. Pay it back. Uh, so th there you go. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Eric Hayes says, Egberto, get some financial literacy. I am pretty financial liter literate, my friend. I mean, that's the reason why they are unable to con me in these particular issues, sirs. Carl Cox says, Ned Foreman's statement shows he's a major league fruitcake. Ned Foreman. Who is Ned Foreman? Is there somebody? Listen, Ned Foreman says Social Security might have been saved if we just allowed COVID to rampage our baby June. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come on, Ned. Uh, get a heart. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Paul Fleming says, Sadie, Mississippi Grand Jury has decided not to indict the police sergeant 
who shot an unarmed 11 year old boy after responding to a domestic disturbance call in May. While the grand jury believes the officer didn't engage in criminal conduct, the boy's family reportedly continued to pursue. Uh, yeah, just, we, we'll have to sue him and, and get them in uh and get them in the other courts lee grant says estimates for services vary significantly even if you're white your anecdote doesn't prove racial animus you're actually correct about that one incident doesn't prove that however uh, a pattern of incidents do or does a pattern of incidents does and what i do is i preclude those incidences by make by bringing the point up front because i understand it's out there take your head out of the sand my dear brother it's a fact uh let's see what else we got here let's see what else we got here but he says not just a white issue a woman actually women have that problem especially when they go to a mechanic you're absolutely right about that bridge mcp uh let's see what else we have eric case there are glimpses of when Egberto knows, uh, uh, does know economics, but his emotional leftist ideals keeps getting into the way. Oh, my dear brother CSEC, if I could only school you much better. But, you know, you're, you're here with us, so you will be schooled, sir. By the way, uh, <laughs> it seems like uh, Giuliani, Giuliani owes uh, uh, Freeman $150 million. Yay! He owes them $150 million. So now everything that he has is theirs. I love it. I simply love it. All right. I've got a very short last video. Guess what we think? We think one of the reasons Israel is giving America such a hard time is they want Donald Trump as president of the United States. You think we have something there? Check this out. I mean, I, I listen to Media San. I listen to. I check this out and we'll take it on the other side. There's some reporting out there that Netanyahu and his, you know, conservative allies in Israel would much rather see a Trump presidency. I mean, not only are potentially America's and Israel's interests not aligned on the sort of moral and ethical quandary in and around Gaza and, and the yeah. death toll there. There's just the sheer, the, the basic political reality that it might behoove Netanyahu and his goals to not have Joe Biden in the White House. Do you think that's something the White House recognizes? I mean, it does It does not seem like it, it seems like a feature, not a bug here. I suspect the White House, in terms of the political operation, does recognize that. The question is, does Joe Biden? Biden has this decades-long friendship with Bibi, as I mentioned. He says he loves the guy. He's known him for 50 years. The problem is Netanyahu gets along with Republican presidents. He got on very well with Donald Trump. Democrat presidents have never gotten along well with Netanyahu. Bill Clinton famously came out of a meeting with him and said, you know, who's the superpower here? Obama got insulted, humiliated by Netanyahu over Iran. And now you have Biden here, who could lose the presidential election because of this war. And meanwhile, Netanyahu's like, well, I win either way because I get Trump back in a blank check, according to that reporting in Puck this week. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us, please join. Absolutely so, folks. Uh, join us, join us, join us. 
please remember to do that. Uh, let's see what else we got. Ned Foreman says, do you think it's, it is more an ignorance issue? He was just telling us he makes it clear he is knowledgeable and is able to secure a good rate. I believe anybody so shrewd, regardless of race, should be secure. But yeah, but understand this, Ned Foreman. I do that out of necessity. Most people that go into get a loan, they don't have to be smart. If I put it, let, let's put it this way. I'll tell you what my parents used to tell me, especially when we were going to the American schools on the Canal Zone, uh, moving from the Latin American school to the American school on the Canal Zone. This is how we grew up. We grew up learning to love everybody. We grew up learning to respect everybody. We also grew up learning that because of our hue, because of our, the color of our skin, that we were going to have to act differently, to be work harder at what we do, to make it. Let me explain. Um, I remember, uh, well, I, re I wrote all of, a lot of this in my book, um, uh, The Tribulations of a Latino, Afro-Latino-Caribbean Man. I wrote a lot about it in this. But we, the, the term that you have to work twice as hard to earn half the credit didn't just appear by accident. It's a cross that one has to bear. You know, women have to bear that cross too. Women have to overperform. One of the reasons you saw me give somebody like um, uh, Sheila Jackson Lee a pass on certain issues is because I understand that some have to work twice as hard for the same recognition, etc. Women as well. They have to prove themselves above and beyond. Black people, Latino people, people of color, because of the preconceived misconceptions people have of them, so often they have to overperform. It's not in the psyche. It's a statement of fact. The fact that I walk into a store or something and somebody first thinks that you're a, 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 the janitor in certain areas or whatever, that tells you the preconceived misconceptions that's there. Okay? It's not, it's not a made-up thing. It's not a made-up thing. My book, I, I, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it in print now. Right now, it's still on Amazon. It's called um, Tribulations of an uh, Afro-Latino-Caribbean Man. I, want, I would like folks to read that book. In fact, it's, if, you're, if you subscribe to my... Uh, Substack, I think it's all. I, I think it's already there. Let me see. I think I've already placed that book up on my Substack. Let me just make sure, so I make sure that I'm not lying to you. Uh, I think I placed it on the Substack already, but I want to be sure before I lie to you. The the two books that are already on the Substack are. are let me let me give you that. Are these? Uh, there we go. Right there. Okay. Uh, it is it is called Tribulations of an Afro-Latino-Caribbean Man. Racism did not stop my smile, hope, or journey forward. I've told you guys about that book several times. And, uh, and, and it's currently just online, but I'm actually turning it into um, 
I'm going ahead and get in it print as well. Uh, Bruce Fowler says, new most demand action Gore Gun Sense ad. Huh? For Gun Sense ad. Oh, yes. I saw that ad that you sent me, uh, Bruce. I'm going to make a blog out of that ad. That was a great ad with the, dr- with the kid drowning in the pool and people coming out and just saying, uh, I, I'll pray for you or something of that nature. Uh, uh, my prayers are with you or something to that effect. That is a hell of a commercial. I have, the, I have your stuff. I'm going to turn it into a blog and also I'm going to play it on the network. Thank you, folks. That is an important Excellent commercial, Bruce. Thank you for sending me that. I, I, I read it and I, I plan to do it. You know, I have a whole lot of things in my queue. I plan to do it. Um, anyhow, folks, uh, we're coming close to the end of the program. Um, uh, you know what? You guys got me on this kick about um, for some of my right wingers who just think I'm overreacting. I just want to say something here. I don't. I don't bring up the the tribulations that I've gone through on the program all of the times with, you know, with race and all that kind of a stuff. But I, I do a lot of conferences and whatever. And I work my ass off at all these conferences to interview folks, to get people out there. And, you know, pe- these people are always seeking to be interviewed so that they, the space will be filled with their information. I, I do it and I do it all of the times. And I tell you what is the most ironic thing. The most ironic thing is we have a lot of bloggers and hosts that go out there from all over, from CNN, TYT, all of these guys. And they don't work very hard. They don't work very hard. I go out there and I work very hard. And I find it amusing and amazing that none of these others uh, let's see. EW, if you have t- time to read uh, the I am not white, I am a Jew paper. I saw that. I'm going to read that. I, I got that. It's in my stack as well. It's in my stack. Uh, but anyhow, um, it's amazing how easy so some of these bloggers or you know folks that do what I do, how easy it is for them to get support. And and not only support, but when the big guns are bringing people to the uh, table, I have to hunt the big guns on my own, right? If I want to get the big name interviews, which most of the times I want the regular people, but if I want to get the big name interviews, I have to hunt them down myself. I see them at a, at a, at a conference and I run out of there and I go drag them in and while other people are past them, past the people to them, right? And sometimes I bring them to my station and others are saying oh wait how do you can i have him after you can i have him after you but they not once went out there to get anybody the people have been brought to them and yet when it comes to funding from the progressive space in these places most of the times i am the only one that is funded by y'all okay and when I say that, I'm the only one funded by y'all. The others have people that funds otherwise. It's amazing. Anyways, and sometimes it, it, it internally, it pisses you off. But at external, it says, you know what? But you know what, man? You keep fighting 
and you're in the game. Anyhow, let's get out of here. My, uh, l- please support the program however you can. Uh, please go. Let me go ahead and uh, put that. That's ah wrong one that I brought up. Let's go ahead and bring up the right thing. Egberto, what's wrong with you? Here it is. If you want to support the program and we ask you to do so, please go ahead and visit us at politicsandright.com slash support. politicsandright.com slash support. That has all the different ways in which you can support the program. Now, uh, you can also uh, become a paid member of our newsletter. I mean, first of all, the newsletter is free, okay? But if you become a paid member of the newsletter, all of my books you can read online free of charge and all my subsequent books by subscribing to our newsletter. Go to politicsandright.com slash uh, politicsandright.com slash uh, well, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. politicsandright.com slash newsletter. No, uh, no, you didn't miss one. Uh, it's, it's the first week of every month. So you're okay, uh, Melanie Keelan. Uh, so please go ahead and support the newsletter. Please become a paid member by going to politicsandright.com slash newsletter. And again, you get to read all my books, okay? You get to read all my books free of charge. You don't have to go buy them or anything like that. And it's just saying, I'm going to give Politics and Right a cup of coffee a month. All right, folks, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.